right, everybody, welcome to the Legends and Masters show. Uh, we are very excited to introduce our guest today. Uh, he's an actor, a stuntman. Uh, he owns his own martial arts school, and there's so much more to go over today. So I'd just like to welcome everybody, Stephen Ho. Here we go. Hey, Tom. Hey, thanks a lot for doing this, taking time out uh, to do this. Um, how you been, man? Good, good. You know, I want to qualify. I don't have a school. I have a school for two. I have two students only. Those are my two kids. Okay. And that's okay. it. <laughs> okay, that's what that is. Okay. <laughs> it looks like a school, but it's just, it's our training. We have a, we have a great, great training facility. Awesome. Gotcha. Um, well, I guess we'll kind of uh, dive right into it. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to get over, you know, what is going on. So what have you been, what have you and the family been doing during this uh, pandemic and quarantine? You know, honestly, we've just been training. <laughs> really? Okay. We, yeah. You know, I, I have seven-year-old twins. And yes. when, this, when this started, when we realized this was going to go over a week, I said, hey, guys, we got a choice here. You know, we can, we can sulk and stress out about this, or we can try to pick up a new skill or improve an old one. So find something that you guys think that you want to improve, and then let's try to get 10,000 reps in and get it done. <laughs> So, um, you know, they thought about it and they said they needed to work on their sweep singles. You know, it's like they, they, they like doing them, but they've never been able to hit them in competition. And, you know, they always get stuffed. So um, gotcha. since then, we just, I don't know, we've done thousands of reps. We stopped counting. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we practice two hours in the, in the day and then I, I get some work done. Uh, my wife and I have a design firm and furniture showroom. Yes. Know, so I get some work done during the day. And then the end of the day, we go back to the gym and train again. That's awesome. And uh, what do you guys, I see they do some jujitsu themselves or what do they like to train? Yeah, they, they mostly, they compete mostly in jujitsu and wrestling. Um, awesome. But, but we started judo just, uh, you know, it's just like a month before. So they went to one judo oh. tournament or two judo tournaments they've been to. Um, and then, you know, I do, I do stand up with them and, you know, get to take them around to different boxing gyms and, Basically, they, they get the luxury of, of getting to learn and hang out with, you know, with my friends that, awesome. are, that are in the industry as stunt professionals and also as fighters. So they, they, get, they basically get seminars every weekend, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, yeah, I love uh, their, uh, their show. If you guys uh, go to Instagram, uh, they're on uh, twinges uh, underscore official. Cool name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. Uh, love the content. So how do you guys, uh, for that, you know, how do you guys come up with different ideas? And or do they, like, come up with the ideas or you sh intermingle? How do you guys like to do that? It's not difficult. I mean, we just, honestly, I just turn the camera on, we shoot. Um, we've been doing content for Bruce Lee's account, you know, with Shannon Lee is, is a friend of mine, and she reached out to us. So, Oh, very cool. Been, uh, yeah, so we've done... We've done seven episodes, so they release a new episode. It's about, you know, seven to ten minutes every Wednesday around four p.m. You know, our time, Pacific time, um, focusing on a different technique or, you know, just a, a different a different form of exercise, something for the kids and adults to do while they're at home. Um, oh, awesome! So that that's been a lot of fun. That's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, the opportunity to just be able to, to train that way. Uh, let's kind of go on your background a little bit. <clears throat> um, I thought it was a very interesting story, and I'll have you just start from the beginning. But uh, basically, uh, your kind of your childhood and that background all the way to like you starting martial arts. Could you go into that? Yeah, um, short strokes is that uh, you know I I always wanted to be 
a martial artist of some kind. And that started when I think I was uh, four years old. My dad used to watch uh, boxing a lot. You know, he was really into Muhammad Ali. And, and I just sat with him and had no idea what I was watching, but I, I just, you know, got an affinity for it. And when I was in preschool, so I think four years old, my mom took me around. And we, we immigrated from Indonesia, so at this point, we didn't speak English at all. Moved to, wow. you know, like Southgate, like by uh, um, Cypress Hill, by, by uh, East LA a little bit. And so uh, my mom took me around to a couple preschools to see, you know, which preschool I'd want to enroll in. The first one I went to, I saw a, a Rock'em Sock'em Robots game. Remember those games? Oh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so it was on the top shelf, and I'd seen commercials of that, and I'd seen Muhammad Ali, you know, boxing. So I said, oh, man, I want to go to this preschool. So I'm like, this is it. I want to go to this preschool. So the next day, my mom takes me to that preschool. I march in. I point to, I point to the top shelf to the teacher saying, you know, I want to play the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I just pointed, yeah. you know, <laughs> pointed like that. And she wouldn't let me play with it. And she's like, no, go outside. And she shoved me outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I just snapped. And I, I'm sure it wasn't because of the game. I'm sure it was the whole displacement, leaving your, you know, your family to another country, not speaking the language. And I think I just snapped as a little kid. And I started punching everyone in the head, <laughs> okay. trying to make their heads pop off. <laughs> and so, you know, my mom, they called my mom. They kicked me out of preschool my first day. Um, wow. It was a disaster. But because of that, Every time I wanted, I asked my mom me in the future said I want to start martial arts. She wouldn't let me because she oh, assumed she, that I. She just did. She didn't understand. You know, I thought, I thought it would get worse. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you? You know, you think the kids and you know it's, it's troubled. You know, why are you going to teach them how to fight and yeah. use more skills? And so it just went on and on. And my uncle would sneak me books. You know, Bruce Tanger judo books and oh, cool. Uh, and Bruce Lee books and just um, you know, uh, what was that? What was the the publisher back then that did all the books? Ohara? No, not Ohara. Uh, oh, you know, the, um, the Fumio Demura books and the Sai yeah, yeah, books. And yeah, yeah. All those books, yeah. Ohara, yeah, I think Ohara publications. So he would sneak me all those. And then I think finally my mom just, just gave in because she saw that I just really wanted to do it. So when I was 12, she said, okay, you can do it. And we lived in Laguna Hills at the time, uh, Mission Viejo. So I opened up a phone book and it's like, there was like three studios, you know, I think there was a Huarangdo studio. Uh, an American Karate studio and a Shotokan studio. So we okay. went to all three of them and the American Karate studio, the, the instructor, Richard King, he mentioned Bruce Lee in a sentence and that was it. That's all <laughs> he needed to do. So that was my first system. It was actually a, a, you know, Ed Parker's Kenpo system. And then it transitioned to like more of an American Karate style. Um, awesome. And then from there, when I was a, Probably in high school, Jet Li saw me at a tournament and recruited me into the film business. Wow. Yeah, I was going to bring that. That's amazing. Uh, can you go into that a little bit? Like, how did that even come about? Like yeah, he just saw me at a tournament in Irvine. Um, and I got a call from Anthony Chan, who was a – he Anthony, Anthony brought Wushu into the States yeah. probably in the 70s or 80s. And he says, you know, this is Anthony Chan. I had no idea who Anthony was. I had no idea who Jet Li was. You know, this is before Netflix. <laughs> I mean, before yeah. – before anything, you know? And so he says, I'm calling on behalf of Leigh Langer. I'm like, okay, great. And it's like, uh, he saw you at a tournament. He'd love for you to join a stunt team. So wow. now I'm now I'm laughing because I'm yeah. thinking, which one of my fucking idiot friends, yeah. Yeah. you know, busting yeah. my balls again. So, yeah, all right. So I'm playing along. I'm like, okay, so what's what's the deal? And I remember to this day, he's like, it's $200 a day in cash. You know, which is good money today. Back yeah. then it was like, 
amazing money. Yeah, yeah. And it was in San Francisco that he says, you just have to get yourself there. We'll pay you. You stay in a hotel. Oh, I see. And, like, and I'm like, how about food? Because at this time, I was a starving college student, you know? And he's like, no, we'll pay for your food. <laughs> yeah. So I said, I'm in. That's it. I'm in. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I took the job. And then from then, you know, Jed and his crew, you know, they, they put me on and Um, they reminded, uh, they, uh, they went on and they also did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. And so, yeah. um, I was a part of that for shooting part two and part three. And well, let's go into now. So since then I, I literally fell into the business just like that. Yeah. Just, just like that. That's a good segue. Uh, we'll yeah. go into that next. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two and three, uh, for me, I mean, I'm sure many people watch this. It was a major staple of, of me, my childhood growing up. Um, I mean, it's. I, I liked uh, a lot of your work. I mean, I definitely knew uh, face value more from the Mortal Kombat movie, which we'll get to later. But uh, when I heard your Donatello, I mean, come on. Uh, I, I'm like, got to get this guy in the yeah. show. <laughs> um, yeah. Going to that a little bit, like, how'd you uh, uh, get that role? And, man, what was it like even being in that suit? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – Pat Johnson, who's a choreographer, he choreographed Karate Kid. And, you know, a lot of those early, you know, fantastic films that have done so well um, recruited me at a tournament, you know, at the, at the Battle of Atlanta. Oh, okay. Um, and at that time, when they shot the first Ninja Turtles, Ernie Reyes Jr., uh, it was all, it was a Hong Kong crew, complete Hong Kong crew. Oh, okay. And then one of the Hong Kong stunt doubles who played Donatello, the story is that he couldn't make it because his wife threatened to divorce him if he, if he left for that long. <laughs> okay. So, a last minute spot opened up. Ernie got the spot and they loved him so much that they created a role for him. You know, he's an amazing wow. actor in martial arts. Yeah. So yeah. they created a role for him in part two. And so then I was, you know, Ernie was, you know, one of my best friends. I was thrilled to, to be able to, to be able to get Donatello, you know? Um, but the suit was heavy. It was, you know, let me, let me start by saying, because the question everyone asks is like, how do you get the mouth to move? So there are four okay. people <clears throat> There were nowadays, it's you know, one guy on a computer makes everything right, right? So, yeah. back then, there were four people to make one turtle. So, wow. there was the acting turtle, which is the guy that's in the suit for the majority of the time. And I, I, I liken his job, my guy was Leaf Tilden, I liken his job to being like running a marathon every day. So, God. it was slow and steady and grueling. His suit weighed about 90 pounds. Whoa. And because it can, it included all the electronics, right? That make okay. That makes sense. Then off screen, there was a puppeteer who would control, you know, on an RC who would actually control the mouth movements. So the puppeteer Amazing. and Leaf had to be in sync, you know, with Leaf's body motions, and then the puppeteer's moving. I mean, that was like a whole dance right there. And then for us, we had a separate unit. Our costumes were a little bit lighter because they didn't have the in them so they were like 40 pounds okay and they didn't better. have electronics so they didn't yeah they didn't move so we did this we did all the stunts in action so action for a turtle could just mean literally running you know okay just, yeah just running is action because it's so hard to do things and then someone else came in at the end when it was all shot and edited and did the voice so wow it took four of us it took four of us to make a turtle <laughs> that's so amazing and then <clears throat> you had a very uh kind of crazy story it was like i think you said one of your worst injuries on any set had to do with the 
the center of gravity with the shell. Can you go into that um, and how you kind of figured that out? Yeah, well, it's a, you know, the, the shell, the first time I put it on, I, um, I'm like, okay, it doesn't feel so bad. It's just a little uncomfortable, you know, and, and I put it on and, and I went to throw a spinning heel kick and I just landed on my ass, like literally on the shell. Oh, and I was laughing and I'm like, oh, because the center of gravity is totally different. Your core is not where your core is. Your core is actually six inches behind you in the center of the shell. So, you know, the, the Pat Johnson, the producers were great because they gave us about a month to rehearse. Oh, good. So, okay. Yeah. So we were like literally in ninja training, like rehearsing with these weighted uniforms on, you know, um, dehydrating every day, basically. And then um, practicing blindfolded because you can't see. So here, like I, ha I, I have the oh, head yeah. here. Oh, wow. Um, Just check that out. Here it is right here. Let me take the plexiglass off so you can get a better, better look at it. But this is the stunt head that was used in part two. Can you see it okay? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you could, you know, it's in decent shape, but you can Man. see underne underneath, you can see it's starting to crumble a little bit. Yeah, it's ex every every what, a couple of decades it starts to deteriorate or something, right? Well, they told me this was only going to last a year, so I'm surprised it's lasted this long. Oh, wow. Um, but if you look underneath, so, you know, what they do is when you open it up, they kind of, there's some wiring here and they kind of, you know, make the facial expressions for that particular scene. And then wow. underneath the eyes, if you see this, see the slit right there? Yeah. Those oh, were, okay. Those, those are small slits designed oh, man. for us to see out of. But you nine out of 10 times, what happened was every time right before take, before action, they would close these up because they can see our eyes through them. So they would close, <laughs> oh, they no. would close them up, which made them completely useless <laughs> oh, um totally blind so, yeah so i i i i had a little trick that i i didn't really tell anyone about but i had a piece of of, of foam green foam and i called it my cigar and <laughs> right before the take i would hide it inside the mouth and put it on oh. the corner so no one would see it and then so <laughs> that way my mouth would be open and they would keep trying to close it and they couldn't close it because they didn't know that i jammed it open and so it was jammed open so I could see underneath. So at least I could see oh, the ground. So I knew yeah, that I mean, if I could see feet, then I have a sense of distance, you know? Yeah, yeah that, that would help a little. Yeah, I mean, I, just something, you know? It's like the, the, the verbal cues aren't enough when it's loud and, you know, everything's moving. So at least I could see the feet and then I would kind of know. And, and the guys that were foot soldiers were incredible. I mean, they were all martial artists from the North Carolina area and, and Oregon when we shot in Oregon. And oh, so cool. okay. um, it was nice working with, with, you know, martial artists who, who kind of understood distance and fighting and, and um, you know, just the basics of combat. So you wouldn't have to, you know, rely on, on someone new, you know, yeah. But you know, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see or anything. We, we had yeah. uh, uh, master Daniel Piscina on recently. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. he was one of the foot soldiers in the second movie. Him and uh, Rich Divizio, yeah, more combat guys. And um, yeah, uh, and he like told a story about this. Were you in the the dance scene here too? I was, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I can't even tell you how many times I I perfected the the moves to the to the, <laughs> to the story. Um, and you got, I mean, come on, you got Ninja Rap too. I mean, um, to Vanilla Ice. That was Vanilla Ice too. <laughs> huh? Classic. Um, did you, uh, as far as even that with the dance scene, it probably was a little easier choreographing that you dance steps versus having to do flips and kicks. 
Oh yeah, the dance was vacation. That yeah, it was like total vacation. I mean, you're you're just by yourself acting like an idiot, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that's pretty amazing, man. And um, yeah, but I can't imagine even even though that's a that version's a forty pound suit that had to be pretty hardcore. Um, and we can't forget in the the third Ninja Turtles movie, the the high foot, which I think was your idea, wasn't it? Yeah, Larry Lamb, Larry Lamb yeah. and myself, we would do that all the time anyway. That was like our thing, you know. So that's that's pretty pretty amazing. Um, well, I kind of shift gears here a little bit. Uh, let's go, uh, kind of into your martial arts training background, uh, a bit more. You, you, you told how you kind of went into what you, what style did you start with? And then how'd you kind of, I mean, you do multiple styles. So kind of go into that a little bit more. Yeah. I started off in, it was a, in Kenpo in Polynesian, uh, the Ed Parker system. Do, do you remember that? I mean, it's not as yeah. popular now, but it was yeah. Polynesian Kenpo. And then from there, you know, after working with Jet kind of, trained with his crew for a bit. And then um, I worked with some of the Olympic Taekwondo team members, you know, for, for quite a bit working on wow. kicks. And then from there, you know, as a stuntman, you meet different people and different friends. And, and, and I just started training in different areas and basically, you know, anything that I can learn. Um, and then I would say about 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I don't even know, about 10 years ago or so, I transitioned to boxing um just because oh, really? my, my knees oh okay so really I, I started focusing on boxing you know and i enjoyed that a lot more so now i, I still kick but uh, you know i i really can't kick the way i used to and if, if i'll kick for a day and then i gotta rest for four days you know my, i just too many surgeries. i've had too many surgeries and too many places in my body i know i hear um, you I'm, and then I'm, now with the boys you know my boys are seven now and you know it started grappling with them and you know i'm not I, i'm more of a hobbyist just having fun with it they're the competitors yeah um but i'm learning with them and it's just it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun that's awesome uh, well you were also known as one of the first tricksters um oh shoot you, i lost or, you there sure you hear me yeah i got you are you good i'm gonna try one more time here yeah can you hear me now yeah okay i got you back. yeah yeah okay cool modern technology Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you were known as one of the first tricksters or tricking uh, in in stunt work and things like that. Uh, you see it more prevalent now. People are doing more tricking. Uh, I mean, most people that would see it probably would call it gymnastics or something like that. Uh, yeah. How, how much time did you spend doing that, or is it just kind of that was part of your training coming up? I, I this five forty kick that you're showing, I learned that from George Chang. Oh, know, okay. Um, and I think that he deserves more of the credit and I'm sure there's, he may have learned it from someone else too, but, um, for some reason it stuck with, with my name, you know, <laughs> but yeah, but it's crazy because back then learning that 540, I mean, that was like so difficult to do. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm going to break, I'm going to crack my ankle on this. And you know, it was such a, such a, such a big deal. You know, um, and then now I can't even see what the heck they're doing. I have to like slow mo and like rewind. It's, like, what are these guys doing? It's yeah. insane, these kids. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're going crazy with it. Uh, and you're see, yeah, I'm seeing it more and more. Um, going to a little bit on, you know, like the, a lot of people that will watch this do martial arts, of course, of various styles. Some are interested in stunt work and stuff like that. Uh, what kind of just martial arts wise key tips you can give on training, whether it's you know, how you drill, your mindset, you know, your focus, or, or, or even what tips you give your, your sons. 
as far as being a for for the business of stunt or just uh, the martial arts in general? On, on this side, the martial arts side for this question. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the thing with martial arts is that um, we all share a common bond, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, one of my one of my kids' coaches actually just brought it, we were just talking about this today, and he and he brought it up, and he's like, the reason is because we've all we've all eaten shit, you know. Yeah. You all get beat up. <laughs> Every one of us, like there's always somebody tougher. There's always somebody stronger. There's always somebody better, no matter what. True. And, and, and you get to know a person or you don't get to know any, you don't know a, a person until they're under pressure. Right. Okay. And, and martial arts is one of those few sports that, that purposely puts you under pressure to see what type of reaction will come out of you. God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that's the common bond. So what I, what I try to instill in my kids, like the number one lesson that I try to instill with them from day one, because I didn't have that in me initially, and it took me a lifetime to, to learn it, that I want them to understand it right away, is to, is to embrace the losing. Gotcha. And okay. I think a lot of people, when they, yeah. when they get into martial arts, it's so much about ego and even though they know, yeah, yeah, leave the ego behind and you bow in, whatever, you know, they're on the mat and they're rolling or they're sparring or whatever. And if they lose, you, I mean, you know, you, yeah. you know, those people yeah. and it's like, they don't come back or if they come back, they come back with a chip on their shoulder and they got something to prove, you know, yeah. and this is not, and we're not even talking about competition. We're just talking about an academy on the mat. Training, yeah. So now you, you get into, you get into, into competition where now it's like the top 4% of the people. You know, the ones who are going to last are the ones who can lose and genuinely, genuinely learn God. from their losses, like genuinely learn from their losses. Otherwise, what's the freaking point in losing if you're not going to yeah. learn from it? So what I what I've tried to instill with my kids is that, you know, before this happened, they competed a lot. You know, there'd be a grappling tournament at least every week somewhere. Right. Whether it's oh, yeah. wrestling or jujitsu. And. What I try to do is if you have a camera on me during their match, you wouldn't know if they won or lost yeah. all the way to the I, end. You would not know. If they win, I'm like, good job, boys. Yeah. You know, to both kids. If yeah. they lose, if they lose, I actually applaud louder and cheer louder for them when they lose. And when they lose, I'm like, that was an awesome fight, man. You gave it your all. Awesome. That's awesome. And awesome. then we'll go back and say, okay, what could we do better? Even if we win, you right? Know? Because the thing is, if you win, you don't pay attention to the mistakes that you made. If you win, all you focus on are the highlight reels. Oh, look what I did! This is awesome. Yeah. But there could have been that little mistake that you made that you could tweak. That if if you don't tweak it, that could cost you, the, you know, the next tournament. That's so, a great point. So we lose, we break it down and see how we can improve. And for us, it's always about knowing that the bar is flexible. Okay. So for example, um, like my, my most memorable matches with the boys, with my kids are actually the ones that they lost. Those are the ones that I'm most proud of them for. That's so there amazing. was one where they were, you know, they're, they're better at jujitsu than they are at wrestling, you know, at jujitsu, okay. jiu they, you know, they're, they're pretty good at wrestling. You know, they, some, they can win or they can lose. It just depends on the competition. Right. Right. But we know that when we're competing at like a state level for wrestling, 
they're not they're not going to win. I mean, I know that. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's it's a, a challenge. It's a it's it's a challenge for them. So we went to this one particular state match, and they were in the same division. I think there was like 15 kids in a division, which means that they're you know they probably had six matches each or something like that. Mm-hmm. And at first, we're like, you always have the goal. Of course, I never have the goal of winning, but the goal is like you know to kick ass, and you know you don't want to lose, right? So right. You, of, of course, your goal is to win, but I don't I don't push it too heavy. So after they lost the first two, we knew okay, you're not going to win first or second. Like that's done. So now. We had a talk. Okay, we're going to set the bar. Let's go for third place. Let's go for third place. Okay, right? I get it. Okay. Yeah, we're not going to hit. We're not going to hit third place. You know, and they got. They each got pinned all three times. Yeah. So then, new goal. New goal. Don't get pinned. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Don't get pinned. Don't get pinned. So then it was funny because towards the very end, and this was like the tournament, I think one kid lost all six, right? And another kid lost five, right? And the kid who lost all six, his last, or he lost five in a row, then his last one was against the guy that everyone knew was going to take first place, was against <laughs> okay. the state champ. So wow. then we, we set a new goal, okay? And the new goal was this, because that kid made everybody cry, right? So <laughs> I said, here's the new goal. Try not to cry and try to last more than 20 seconds. That's your goal. That's your only goal. Survive for 20 seconds and don't cry. That's your goal. (laughs) You know? That's that's amazing. I love that viewpoint. Yeah. So he lost. I I don't know. I think he made his goal, you know, but he lost significantly. But you know what? Like the kid tried to take him and he he stuffed one takedown. So like he, he didn't get taken down right away. And at the end, we went out and we celebrated. We're like, yeah. And to this day, he'll say, I was the only kid who didn't cry and he couldn't take me down at the first time. That's, you know? oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. And so they still left enjoying wrestling. And then, yes. and then after that, we're like, okay, now let's go back. What did you learn? Like we learned what pressure feels like. We learned what real pressure feels like. So then in the next tournament, they're like, okay, now we know, we know what we got to do. We got to be like that kid to everyone else. And they did it, you know? So it's like, I think that's the true lesson in martial arts that you'll take, um, that you first apply on the mat and then maybe to competition, but definitely you need to apply to life. So if you don't worry about losing or failing, then you will have an open mind to learn more about everything. And plus life is just so much easier, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, that's that's a beautiful way to put it. And yeah, you can't help but that, you know, travel to other parts of your life. Uh, you know, you know, like if you start quitting anything, it could be anything, it easily becomes a habit, you know, or even have the, the correct attitude or not even just competition, even just training. I see guys, you know, especially in jiu-jitsu, you know, it, it's a long road to get yeah. the next stripe belt and things like that. And yeah, I, I love that, how that, that carries over. Um, let, let's uh, segue into our next uh, subject here, which is Mortal Kombat. And this ah. is what I... This is when I first, uh, obviously, face value. I, I see you, Chan Kang, Chan Kang. <laughs> um, and we, we've we had um, uh, Chris Casamasa on the show. Uh, uh, we've had uh, Keith Cook. And, um, you know, what was it like? You know, this is more of the acting side. You, did, you had action in the beginning, beginning scene, of course. What was this role like for you? Um, it was interesting because I, you know, I, I came in through the acting side. I went through a period where I said, I'm done with stunts. I'm done with martial arts. 
that's one act, man, you know? Yeah. And so I, I took some time off, went to acting school. Um, okay. Didn't really tell a lot of people and then uh, got this role. And then I got a call from my agent who said, uh, who didn't really know too much about my martial arts. And they said, hey, they love you for this role, but they're, they're not, they want to make sure that you can handle the martial arts. Oh, yeah. Hey. And so I was laughing. They're like, they just want to see what you can do. Like if they're going to give you a class and, you know, see if you can. And I'm like, I'm, don't worry about it. I got it. I got yeah. it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that was probably the most enjoyable shoots I've ever gone through. Just in, honestly, because I, I, I was on the first day of shooting and then the last day of shooting. Okay. That, I and got so it. I was hanging out in Thailand for quite a bit. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. We had seen uh, Robin's shoe. I mean, that guy uh, is unbelievable. And uh, Kiri Hiroyuki Tagawa, I mean, uh, which they just recently, people watched and just put him in the, the new Mortal Kombat game, like uh, his acting and likeness, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, what was it like uh, working with those guys? I mean, those guys are, you know, legends in their own right as well. It was fun. I mean, it was just, honestly, it didn't, it wasn't work. It was just a giant party. It's like, let's get in uniforms and pretend to fight in Thailand. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> like can can you please make this into a series? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll come back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. And and you know, after this, did you still try to focus more on on the acting side, or you just kind of, you know, uh, a, a little open? No, I did. Um, I for about a year, I I did a lot of guest roles and you know just random yeah. TV shows like Nash Bridges and Diagnosis Murder. I mean, I can't even think. Like basically. Every single cheesy-ish show, <laughs> I was on. I was on as as the guest star, you know, and I always played the same character. So, <laughs> you know, don't don't want to get typecast here, but uh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just it it, it it lost my interest. It was it was hard. It's hard. It probably still is hard to get work, you know, as a as a as an Asian American actor, you know, it's, there's not a lot of roles out there. It's getting, um, I hear it's getting, it's getting a little better. I've had some guys uh, I've, I know, or, or talked to with the show too. And it's getting a little better. My, I, I bring this seem to bring this up every show now, but uh, my, my wife's Korean and my, my uh, youngest is half, half, half Italian, half Korean. My, my oldest is half, you know, everything else. <laughs> okay, uh, my, my wife's Italian. Hey, there you go. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> We, we talk with our hands a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting to me. I, we had Kung Lee on recently and, um, you know, I know you have stories too on your, on just growing up in, in when you're in the States of people are like, Hey, what are you? What nationality? You're like, you know, American. Yeah. And I, I think that's a very interesting aspect. And I don't know, uh, you know, with, with crazy rich Asians and, 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 you know, the bunch of these other, you know, always be my maybe and all these movies are starting to kind of break out. Not just like Kung Lee was saying, like the, uh, the, the, he's either the, the gangster mafia right, right. guy or, or a martial arts guy, but you know, there's more acting roles and stuff. Uh, or, or do you, do you see that on your end more? Uh, happening? Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not on that end anymore, you hmm. know, but um, I, I definitely see it. I, I think it's getting better. You know, I, there's so much talent out there, you know, I ho hopefully, it sticks because I've definitely seen waves of it, you know, where there was yeah. like, okay, the Jackie Chan wave. Okay. Asians in. Yeah. And it kind of dies out. Oh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon won the Academy. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Asians are in. And it goes, joy luck club. Asians are in, you know, 
not, and not just Asians, you know, I'm not right, right. What was me? What was me? I mean, every minority group, you know, has you know, Indians have it worse than anyone, I think, you know, so <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it goes in waves. It's like whatever's hot, Hollywood will jump on for, for a Hollywood second. And gotcha. Then and then they go back to their old ways. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. You know, I think Netflix has changed that a lot, you know, dramatically because yeah. of they've they've there's such a worldwide audience and a demand, you know. So I think that's been amazing. Yeah, you can um, see a whole bunch of variety on there now. Even like um, like uh, Japanese and Korean TV shows yeah. are, are going on there, which is awesome. I mean it's varieties to spice of life you know you gotta mix it all up so yeah um and then this uh what did you you've been doing this a while but once you get into the the conan o'brien stunt show which is probably one of the best segments he does oh thank you appreciate it yeah it's been a while now it's been so the first uh it was when conan came to la for the tonight show i don't know if you remember that he was he, yeah. was, the, oh, he yeah. was the host it was a big battle he was the host of the tonight show for about a month or two months and then Jay Leno, you know, there's a whole big battle about that. But yeah. Um, so I was on the tonight show for, which was like a dream come true. You know, you always think, Oh, will I ever be on the tonight show? So I got to be on there twice. Um, and then awesome. after that on Conan show for, I, I honestly, I don't know how many times, you know, over a dozen or something like that. Um, he seems, uh, he seems super like into it, you know, uh, like he seems super uh, game and ready to go. Oh no, he's legit. It's yeah. it's legit. I remember for the for the Tonight Show when at that time I had no idea what was going on and really and Sir Rachel Whitley at that time we were going back and forth coming up with different ideas is how it works, you know. Like she pitches me an idea, I pitch her ideas, we kind of brainstorm back and forth. We come up with an idea that we both like. She takes it to Conan. He may have thoughts about it. The producers may have thoughts. You know, it just goes around and around and around. And then at some point, when you get the idea at the Tonight Show, it stops at the lawyers and <laughs> safety and practices. And they were putting kiboshes on stuff. And I remember at one point, I was like in the middle because I had to talk to the, the safety people. And they were like, you're going to do what? <laughs> you know? And then at one point, Conan had to actually step in. And he came to a meeting and he said... Look, guys, I I realize this is dangerous. If I break a finger, I'm good. He goes, okay. I'm good for up to breaking a finger, yeah. which is a lot. That's a lot that, to break a nice a, finger. So yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we can do a lot more then. <laughs> if I can take it up to a broken finger, hell, yeah. let's do it. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, in every every one of the episodes, there's a, there's a moment where I hit him. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's actually real like he oh, gets wow. hit and i i'll tell him beforehand I'll, every episode's the same i'll tell him beforehand and he knows but i just you know just yeah, it's for safety and just, you know for being a human being you know yeah i say hey so i was thinking of you know hitting you at some point pretty hard you know not to the point of like injuring you but you know knock the wind out of you or leave might leave a bruise on you you know and then he always says this, and I said, would you like me to put a pad on the place where I'm going to hit you? And he's like, no, I don't want to know. And he's like, just don't do it in rehearsal. Right, okay. He, he even told me at one point, he's like, you can shoot me in the head as long as the cameras are rolling and it's funny. <laughs> so since then, like he knows I'm going to hit him. He, he acts, has absolutely no idea when it's going to happen. 
And sometimes I don't even know. I just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. And then, I, and then I'll give them a, a good whack. And it's, I've left like, like significant bruises on his ribs before. Like, oh man. <laughs> oh, like major. <laughs> <laughs> he's a crazy guy. He's like super tall too. Right. So, well, yeah, he's huge and I'm short, you know, I'm five, six and he's, Six four, you know, so six. I'm probably taller than that, even. Yeah, I I, I think one of my favorite ones was uh, they're they're all awesome, but uh, the the one with the marker as a as a knife that showed you're getting stabbed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, the the stud guy uh, he held down and just like <laughs> hardcore was drawn all over his face. I'm like, I don't know yeah, if that was yeah. rehearsed or what. But <laughs> no, no. So the way the way it works is we we get the the broad strokes in. And then without him, we'll have a, a, a body double or a stunt double pretend to be Conan, right? Okay. And then I'll, I'll walk it through with my stunt team alone, like in our studio, you know, by ourselves. And we'll give it a rough time, you know? Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll say, okay, that was like 10 minutes. And then they would say, well, you got to get it down to five minutes, right? It, it always ends up going over. But if we shoot for five, we'll get to eight. If we shoot for, if we start at 10, then we're, we're, history right yeah so then we'll get it to go down and then um we go on set the day of and then with my producer rachel and the guys or gals we'll get together and we'll run it through gotcha and then we run that through in the morning first thing in the morning and then we'll get notes and we'll get timing notes like okay then we'll get notes what you got to change and then whatever whatever the notes are to change that's it we change it but we don't get to rehearse it again. Oh, okay. Wow. Until until we go. Wow. Okay. So, so, so oftentimes it's just like last minute, and they just shoot shit at you, and you oh, just man. go with it. And then my first question in the beginning was like, "Well, what happens if this doesn't work out?" And then they go, "And he's gonna make fun of you." Yeah. And it'll be funny. Uh, and that's it. It worked out. So it's it's live. I mean, that's part of the natural charm and the natural humor is. Some things don't work out and you just go with the flow, you know? So that's what I learned being on that show is, you know, in the first couple of episodes, I was just terrified. Like, you know, especially I think as a martial artist, you're used to like breaking things down, right? You do a technique, right. yeah. A, B, C, D, do it slow, do it medium, do it fast, repeat, you know? And so I was used to like going through the steps and wanting to know every little detail. And then now it's, you know, last couple, when I was on the show last time, I don't even, I just like, I'm I'm re- I'm ready. I'm rehearsed. Whatever happens, happens. I'm just gonna have fun with it, and that's it. You know. That's awesome. So. Yeah. It's a, well, there's something about doing the live vibe. You know, I, I, before this, I was a, a professional musician, and uh, you know, which is kind of like another reason why I wanted to do more live things like this, because um, it's just there's something that you can't really replace the the energy of doing something live. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, doing it on the fly, you know, it, it makes it more. Uh, oh man, there's nothing special. like it. There, there is nothing like it. I mean, it's like my my biggest fear at one point, you know, we all have our fears, right? And my my big bucket list thing was stand-up comedy. I have yes. so much respect for stand-up comedians. Oh, I was like, one crazy. day, one day I want to do that. And after I did Conan a couple of times, um, one of the the producers on the show and writers, I'm like, hey man, can you I gotta do stand-up. Because I got to do it just one time because I'm terrified of it, you know. So he wrote some bits for me. A couple of writers wrote some bits for me, and I did a stand-up routine, and I did it. 
And I'll tell yeah. you, after that, there, it, you feel yeah. like you jumped out of a plane, you know? I was going to bring that up. Uh, what, what was that like, man? Because I, I guess I, my biggest uh, uh, think, my biggest fear would be just, you know, everybody at some point is going to bomb, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the guys that become like professionals work professionally work their way around the bombing. No, uh, they, they, they work through what? the bombing. I think it's just like okay. the losing part. I think they embrace the bombing because they, then they know what doesn't work. You know, they don't let it get to them. I mean, that's what I see with Conan. It's like, I mean, I feel like I've gotten my master's degree in, in comedy and improv just from being on the show. But well, what, yeah. what, what, I've, what I've noticed with him is like, he just goes for it. And if something isn't funny, he acknowledges that. And then because he acknowledges it, it becomes funny. <laughs> I get you know it. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't run from it. You got to embrace it. You know, it's same thing in martial arts. You know, you when you lose, you make a mistake. Okay, I just got popped in the face. I just got choked. Does it right. really? Does it really matter? No. Does it matter that a that a white belt choked out a black belt? Hey, I got choked. Whatever. You know, yeah. it happens. You can yeah. laugh about it. You know. Exactly. Well, that's the other thing. Like having, uh, you know, that's another reason why I wanted you on the show is um, just is that attitude and, and you know just your personality because it's that. Not just an outgoing attitude and positive attitude, but uh, you know, looking at things you know the correct way. I mean, you don't do uh, the career, you know, the prolific career you have, and, and have gone through stuff and figured it out. And uh, I think that's uh, amazing. That uh, uh, you know, what you know, just that's another reason to pick up, you know, kind of pick your brain a little on how you went through stuff like like that, or even uh, the stand up. Would you? Uh, do stand up uh, again? Are you thinking about doing more of that? Or are you? Uh... Uh, I mean, look, I, if if there was an opportunity and I had time to prepare something, and I had some writers, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the Conan writers writing for me, absolutely. Yeah. But as a career or to pursue it, uh, I I did it. You that did it. My, yeah. That was my bucket list. That was <laughs> it. I'm good. <laughs> uh, do you have? Uh, we. Also at our jujitsu school, we have a stunt team, and like we'll go to a local movie theater back when they're open, and uh, yeah. we would have uh, I'll be like in my jujitsu uniform and talk to people. Usually when the action movies out, of course, and there'd be like a line at concessions, like "Hey, I'm going to show some stuff," and I have some guys dressed up in like just regular civilian wear. They'll jump me. They don't look like they're oh, part of the cool, show. Cool. And what what looked like a table holding like brochures or something. I throw it's a breakaway table. Right, right. Uh, the beer bottle, the movie uh, prop beer bottle over the head. And anyways, um, you know, do you have tips for uh, people watching uh, about choreographing a fight scene, or or maybe what's your style or what you've seen you picked up on that? Number one, so much fun. Just by you telling me that that story yeah. brought back yeah. so many memories as a kid because we used yeah. to do mall demonstrations. Okay, all the time, and I just oh, I love them. I love them. Um, so now there's a, there's a, a difference between choreographing something for a live audience as opposed to choreographing it for a film, gotcha. right? Because you have to consider hits. So usually for live demos, I, I would suggest not to do face shots, or if you do, just keep it minimal where you know where people are because otherwise you're going you're gonna to show the gap. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So then you focus on the body shots. You, you focus on your locks. You focus on things like that. Interesting. Um, okay. You know, but the face shots will, will probably just be more like the final shots or something where you know you can, you can take your time and regroup and set it up where, the, where 
every the majority of the people are going to get the right angle of the hit. Okay, you know? that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, yeah. As far as shooting stuff, if you want to shoot your own stuff, I think the most important thing to to know, and I won't even get into it because it's it's a whole thing, but it, it's enough where you can look it up yourself. Yeah. Is know know what the line is in filmmaking. Know what the line is, gotcha. so you know where to shoot. Okay. Just look look up look up understanding the line in filmmaking and directing. The line. The line. Right? Okay, gotcha. So basically, if there's a line. You have to stay on 180 degrees on that 180 side of the line. I know you're talking. Okay. If you cross oh, yeah. the line with the camera, then the audience won't know what's happening. It's going to make you look like you're jumping around. Interesting. You know I mean? Okay. Interesting. So you, the only time you can cross the line is if you cut to a close up or you go back to a master to reset your brain. Yeah. And then you can show the story from another point of view. Got it. Interesting. Understand that first is basic filmmaking, and then you can have fun to start your edits. But a good trick that uh, that's really nice is to watch a film, an action film, not the whole film, but just the 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 action scene with the volume down. Okay, so take turn oh. turn the volume off, and then now you're not dealing with your emotions, right? You're not dealing with you're not you're not having to hear deal with your sensory. It's just your sight only. It's yeah, all your, that's all that's focused, and then then you can study the editing. Uh -huh. So when you study the editing, then you know what the what the takes are, and a, a great way to do this is not just with films, but I think a better way is to do it with, and there's so many good like graphic you know um, um, films these days, you know, or even like animation, like the Spider-Man animation was oh yeah was, was oh, fantastic awesome. the way they cut it. Oh, but yeah. do it with that because that'll also give you it kind of gives you a clearer idea because now you're looking at a, at an animation, you're not looking at a human. So when yeah, you're looking at a human, your mind tends to wander sometimes, you know, where you're like, I oh, I could see his makeup or, oh, look at that, you know, or she's hot, whatever. Yeah. You start you start wandering off, you know, you start looking in the background. But when you're looking at just an animation, you can focus just on the shots. That makes so, a ton of sense. Okay. Study, study editing. editing. Study editing first, because then you can shoot to edit. I like, I like that. Okay. Like I need this shot. Now I need this shot. Now I need the master shot. So just start, just study editing. And the best way to do it is just to watch, just to watch films, volume down, watch the cuts, and then, then you'll recognize it. That, and that's what, amazing. And once you have that eye, you, you won't be able to turn it off for good or bad. I mean, it, it'll kind of fuck with you because you can yeah. enjoy a film, yeah. you know? But um, you'll have that eye, and then that'll help you be able to cut well, things. Well, you're training that skill, uh, and because you've you've directed as well, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, do you, do you like directing? Like, would you uh, want to do? More I love of that directing. Around? I love directing. The only reason I'm not directing is because I can't get anyone to give me money to direct what I want to direct. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe maybe a initial problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I I love directing. I I have I always have a project. I'm you know hoping to get off the ground. You know, so um, you know, we'll see. I mean, that's definitely where I would I would love to to end my career. That's that's my bucket list. Oh, very that's cool. My bucket list, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, I love hearing. You know, you know, people like you. You like you. You probably could have settled that one career, but you've had multiple careers. I mean, honestly, and um, you know, diving into other things like that. Be uh, I love I love seeing guys do that. Um, for uh, you know. We talked about kind of like the, the stuntman side of things, and you definitely your your boys are are 
picking up on some really cool takes on now, even the camera uh, setups and everything. Uh, what do you think it takes to make a, a, a good stuntman, whether it's skills or training or um, something of that nature? The same thing it takes to make a good martial artist, perseverance. Because nice. the stunt business is not easy and it's going to get harder. And eventually I think it's just gone. I think we just, unfortunately, we just lose it to computers, you know, at yeah. some point, like why, why do you need, why are you going to pay some guy to do it when you can put Tom Cruise's face, you know? Right. right. And I, I just, I think at, at some point it's going to be gone, you know, but if you want to, if you want to jump into the business, you're going to have to be, really great at everything or you know not even a jack of all trades like almost a master at all trades at yeah. this point you know interesting I mean? wow you okay know? or because there's just so many so much talent out there you know well do you feel like i think a lot of people resonate with like the john wick film so much mm -hmm. and you know films like that be uh um because it's got a little more reality to it versus uh as as much why you know it strays away from the computer side and the wire work yeah more uh I th there's, there's more skill there's actual athleticism that's going on yeah i think that more and more of that um has anybody uh, ever surprised you on set like wow this guy's pretty good at fight choreography i thought you know just an actor or actress or um yeah i mean uh, people surprise me all the time actually all the time uh i think james franco is one of is a guy that comes to mind Really? Who's okay. Extremely dedicated and talented, and could have been a stuntman easily. Wow. And is wow. that right? Like, no problem. He could have had a career as a stuntman. Um, uh, Lenny James, you know, from Walking Dead. Yeah, um, yeah. So I do some some fight choreography for for Walking Dead and the Walking Dead world and all the, that. The stick fighting scene, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was badass, dude. Kudos on that. Lenny and and uh, and. It was incredible. I mean, that guy wow. pick, picked up that stick. Like, like <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess I do believe in reincarnation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just starts to around. Did you, um, does, is there any like fight scenes that you were part of, uh, whether you choreographed it or not, uh, that just stick out in your head? Like, man, that was, that was badass. <sighs> it's so hard, Tom. There's so many, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's weird because I, I, I go back and I think, and, and the ones that come to my mind, it goes back to being in that turtle suit and throwing up inside yeah. it. Oh, no. <laughs> it, always, it always goes back to that. You know what I really enjoy doing? Not necessarily fight scenes, but I worked on, um, had the opportunity to work on, on uh, Wind Talkers with John Woo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. My good friend, Al Godot, helped, helped uh, brought me in on that. And... It was. I don't know if you saw that film. It was a World War II movie, and there was probably yeah, oh, yeah. fifteen or twenty of us played the entire Japanese army, you know, in the Pacific oh, Islands. Oh, really? And just that was. It was brutal, but it was fun. You know, it was just like with the pyro and the explosions everywhere. And, yeah, big you know, production. Air mortars and you know helicopters. I mean, just the whole deal. I mean, it was. Uh, those and then and then I did. We were soldiers right after that, so. Oh really? Yeah, those were yeah. a lot of films. With uh, Mel Gibson. To, and yeah, I would never want to do those again because they were just so grueling. But um, 
it was a lot of fun. Well, you you've been on. Some, I mean, I'm not going to go into your your whole i uh, uh, itinerary here, if you will. But uh, I mean, I like the cherry pick couple. I mean, um, Rising Sun, Batman, Robin, Blade. One of my all time favorites. Uh, well, Blade's one of my all time favorites. But uh, Last Samurai, what it was amazing movie. Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, what you know is it much of a difference or just more coordination uh, a small production versus like a massive production for stunts and things like that it depends on the production you know yeah. like we've been a part of big productions that were completely useless oh, um, no. and then there's you're part of big production where like dang these guys are they're using every penny and they're they're doing it right you know it just it just depends and the same thing with small productions you could be on a on a nickel and they're just kicking ass, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, just it's, it's the director's vision. It's um, if the producer is backing them, you know, with, with, with the money and the schedule and, um, and the stunt coordinator. Yeah. Did, did you ever have that where, uh, cause we had um, uh, Chris Casamas on, he was talking about in uh, Batman Robin, they had like this super awesome stunt, choreography set up and they had to like narrow it down or, or the famous Indiana Jones scene where he went up shooting yeah. a guy. So did you ever have anything left on the table like that? You're like, ah, all the, like, all the time. I think every, oh, every, no. every film, I mean, every film, it's like the last film I worked on, um, you know, you just, you think you have the time, you know, like you're just like, okay, you have an entire day to shoot the scene. And then the an entire day, meaning you know, 15, 15 hours. I'm like, oh, I'm gold. I don't need fifteen hours, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, but I forgot. We also have these actors. We have to shoot their scenes. So then, all of a sudden, that's uh, seven hours gone, right? Oh, man. then we got to do this. And at the end of the day, out of that fifteen hour day that you're supposed to get, they always save stunts for last. And sometimes you literally just have an hour. And oh so man. So at that point, this is where the editing comes in play, right? So if it, I'm the only guy that knows the scene, you know what I mean? The director yeah, doesn't know yeah. the scene, producer doesn't know the scene. So in my head, I got to start going through edits. Like, oh, what, I get what you're saying. What, okay. what chunks can we take out of the fight without losing the integrity of the fight and the flow of the fight? Oh, that's going to be rough. And you're, just, be rough. and you're doing this on the fly because oh, you, you, you don't have time to let's sit down and walk through and well, what about this? You know, you don't have to, there's no time for that. It's like, let's shoot. We're rolling. What do you want to shoot? Okay, <laughs> let's do this. And then let's cut this out, you know? And it's like, you. but I love that high. There's nothing, you know, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. That's my high. My right. High let's, is like, let's go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like you were saying, the live audience <clears throat> or being, being put under pressure, you know? It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, that's the high. It's like, that's the adrenaline rush for me. That's awesome. Well, well, we're coming to the end here. I don't want to take too much of your time up. Um, uh, we, I like to talk about this a little bit because I thought this was a this was a surprise. So you guys, <laughs> you you and your wife have your own uh, not just um, uh, interior design but also furniture design business. Can you go with that just a little bit. Yeah. So that's actually our old location. We just moved across the street from there. Oh, Melrose. Okay. Um, so it, we we started in, in two thousand and three. Um, my wife's an interior designer and that's, you know, that's how we met. She was designing a friend's house and then oh, you know, okay. we just, we got together and, and, and one day she's like, one day I said, why don't you just start your own firm? And she's like, I don't know how to do the business side. And, and I said, well, I think I can figure it out. 
So we wow, that's cool. We just we just, we just kind of figured it out, and then um, uh, Mark Wahlberg was you know her first big client, and that kind of oh launched, wow okay launched, launched the career in the store, and since then we you know we're we we have a lot of big clients, uh, big hotels and things like that where we make furniture and, and interior design, and now we're we're getting into the luxury COVID nineteen screen <laughs> dividers, you know because you oh can't have yeah. A, you can't have a rickety ass screen designer divider for a five star hotel, you know. So we're making, we're just launching custom screen dividers now for Who restaurants knew? and for high end restaurants and hotels. So Never it's the same thing. Well, it's the same thing like we talked about. It's the same thing like fighting. You just gotta, you gotta go with the flow. You gotta adjust. You, know? you yeah. gotta roll with it. There's gotta be a plan B. There's a, there's a counter to the counter to the counter. Yeah. So that's where we're at right now. We're on the third counter to the counter. Which is COVID, you know? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, I I don't think like I tell guys I don't it it much like nine eleven or or swine flu and things whatever in the past you're not gonna go back to normal. It'll be like a new normal, and yeah, you know whenever that hits, you know there. I mean, it's the mystery of it all now, right? Like when's this opening up? When can you? So yeah, it's the, yeah the not knowing is the worst. Yeah, that's the worst part. Uh, all right, so to wrap this up, we like to do like a, a, a little speed round for you. Okay, great. Right, I'm going to ask 10 questions, rapid answers, so you don't have to dive deep into them or anything like that. We already got to know you're pretty good here, um, uh, but no sweat, no sweat. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, first question. 52. Uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like math yeah. questions. Uh, uh, I'm getting flashbacks. <laughs> the answer is C. C, yeah. no. Um, uh, favorite, oh, we kind of talked about uh, favorite fight scene you were in. That I was in. Oh, geez. Uh, Ninja Turtles 3 um, in the dungeon scene, in the dungeon area. God, nice. Uh, funniest thing that happened on set? Oh, gosh. I just had some really bad things that I can't say. <laughs> Go through my head. Um, I you, could, had, you could text it to I me. Had, I had really bad gas and let out an insanely large fart in front of John Wu and the entire crew uh. during a rehearsal that was focused on me. Oh, no. Um, uh, that, that's that's pretty rough. <laughs> I got I got to open the front door while we talk for my kids. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, someone you would love to train with. Oh gosh. Um, Hickson. Ooh, good one. Um, stuck on an island. What book would you bring? Book of Five Rings. Oh, another good call. Wow, nice. Nice pull. Uh, someone you would love to work with. Work with in, in what in what capacity? Um, I have so hey, many. I have like interior designer. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, let's stick to stunts and movies and things like that. Oh, jeez. Put you um, on the spot. Ridley, Ridley Scott. Nice. Good, good. Uh, favorite martial arts weapon? I know that's a tough one, right? I, I, I gotta say staff, just because Donatello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, always that's always been my favorite. Uh, yeah. I, I love nunchucks and everything, but yeah. Uh, place you would like to visit after the pandemic? Ooh, Bali. Ooh, very good. I hear it's awesome. Uh, something new you want to learn? <sighs> oh man. I'd like to learn how to cook. Want to cook side? Okay. Yeah, I can't cook. 
<laughs> I'm like awful in the kitchen. And I'm jealous of people. I'm jealous of people who can like put shit together, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or with, like Boss Rutten had that as like a backup to his plan. He's a, like yeah. a he's like a five star chef. Um, oh, I if, know that. Cool. If you can only eat one food, speaking of food, if you can only eat one food forever, what would it be? Oh, my wife's spaghetti. Spaghetti. The spicy but spaghetti, yeah. Uh, just just carbs, yeah. I'll just go out, go out, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> and the and the and the tenth one is what are you most proud of in your career? In my career, I still being in the career. Awesome. Still, like be, still, still being here. Still being here. I yeah. like I like the yeah. Still, still kicking butt, man. Um, well, just kind of closing thoughts, man. It's again, I really appreciate you taking time to do this and. Uh, I mean, it's been awesome to get to know you. I've been enjoying your work for a long time. And, and even on the stunt side of things, I think uh, that's an area that doesn't get as much attention. And uh, I wanted to pull that out. Of course, uh, you have your, your acting and, and everything else, you know, martial arts you've worked on. Um, do you, I, I like any everybody that comes on the show in closing, just kind of give you know, on your side of things, words of encouragement for people within these uncertain times. Any, any little, little uh, tip or encouragement, encouraging thing you could say? This too shall pass. Nice, nice. You know, I think I, I think what I've, what I've, what I try to remember is like we're such, we're such small specks in the scheme of everything. You know, we're such small specks, and if if you if you can find what to be grateful about, and you can occupy your 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 mind and your spirit with that, then you won't dwell on the other stuff. And that doesn't mean to like obviously not worry about taking care of business. Right. But I always start the day with what am I grateful for? And that sets my tone in how I approach everything else. Like, well, this part sucks, but you know what? I'm grateful for this. So it's cool. I'll deal with that. I'll deal with that. So don't set the tone, set your tone in a positive light. And then from there, from there, take care of business. Excellent. Excellent. Um, everybody can, you can find him and, and the, the twinges, the twins, uh, twinges underscore official, uh, on Instagram. Uh, I have the website in here. I got that, uh, for, is this the correct website for you? On um, the Stephen whole martial arts.com. Yeah, yeah. I haven't updated in a couple of years, but yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. and also let anybody else know right now, uh, where else you would like them to go check you out. Uh, that's it. You, okay. You, could, you know, I'm honestly, I'm not on much i'm on my kids on the twinges official site so if you want to reach me you could dm me there uh we're on every wednesday around 4 p.m 3 p.m pacific standard time on the bruce lee on all bruce lee platforms so on their instagram check out their instagram and then like tomorrow there's a great one that's coming out so oh cool we'll we'll look forward to that uh thank you very much for your time sir it's been awesome thank you sir really appreciate it nice meeting you nice to meet you too take care bye Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed the show. For more great interviews and content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Legends and Master Show. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to go to our website, www.legendsandmastershow.com, and join our email list for all coming shows, events, and articles. See you on the next one.